Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Here on Hot Takes on a Plate, I, Rob Patron, explore the things that make us feel and how those feelings collide with food. And today I'm feeling nostalgic. For me these days, nostalgia is a drug. I bathe in nostalgia. I think it's a middle-aged thing. My nostalgia wheelhouse being in my early 40s is the 1990s, especially 90s music, which is why my podcast obsession of the moment is the Spotify original podcast, 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. And joining me today is the host of that podcast, longtime music journalist and Ringer staff writer, Rob Harvilla. And Rob, I'm sure you're wondering, what are you doing on a food podcast? I was wondering that, actually. I I don't want to ruin this thing right off the bat, but I'm like the worst possible uh, food podcast guest. I have just very unenlightened taste in this realm. I will I will fake it to the best of my ability, but I just I, I I'm honored to be here, and I'm a little frightened. It's like fifty percent honored, fifty percent frightened. I think we I think we can work with that, but I just I want to be honest. But thank you for having me, and thanks well, well, for the kind words. Fear is a fear is a good driver, Rob. Fear is a good thing. I found that to be true. Lean into That's the fear. True. Lean into yes. the fear. I try. So, so so for me, the best music is always the music that evokes nostalgia, especially those childhood memories, bring yeah. you back to the formative years. It's, it's, it's comfort food. And, and mm-hmm. I feel the same way about food. I feel like the best food mm. is nostalgic. It brings back memories. So let's go back to the 90s. What <laughs> foods for you evoke that sense of nostalgia the way the songs you discuss in depth on your podcast do? Okay, the 90s. So I I think we were just talking and we exactly overlap. We're pretty much exactly the same age. You know, we were in high school and college in the 90s, you know. So late night pizza. Uh, Yes, right. Yes, (laughs) I was... Well, first of all, I think about college. I went to Ohio University, uh, 1996 to 2000. And I... I, uh, I gained quite a bit of weight during that time, I believe. And so I thinking about the foods that I ate in college primarily, yes, late night pizza, a big deal, bagel sandwiches. They, they were, you know, I feel like every Midwestern college is is contractually obligated, legally obligated to have like five bagel sandwich. So wait, are shops. bagels good in Ohio? This yeah. is news to me. That I are bagels in and of themselves. I try and stay out of the bagel wars. You're in Brooklyn. I'm not going to fight with you about like bagel quality. I, I, you know, what they do, what we do to bagels in Ohio, at least, is we put a great deal of meat and cheese and so forth on them. Like I think that that might disguise exactly. Yes, it's a delivery system, and so I, I think that may disguise the quality or lack thereof of the bagel itself. You know, when you've piled on you know, half a pound of turkey, another half a pound of Swiss cheese. Like that's that's going to disguise a lot of inherent faults within the bagel itself. Okay, so th- there was this place called DP Dough. I think they were just calzones, and I was just such a sheltered, you know, 19, 20-year-old that the, the notion of a calzone was new to me. But, like, I could picture the menu at this place called DP Dough, and it was just, you know, they'll they'll put anything in a calzone-type shape for you. They'll put buffalo chicken, you know. It's, I, I, I ate a great deal of those in my time. There was a burrito buggy. I was telling someone the other day that one of my most vivid memories of college is, like, right on the main green, there were a bunch of food trucks, and one of them was the burrito buggy and one day i walked past it it was blasting the jesus christ superstar soundtrack at just incredible volume this is on like a friday night and i walk by it it's going what's the buzz telling me what's happening it was just 
like and I could smell the burrito smell and I was very hungry and I was listening suddenly to the Jesus Christ Superstar. It was just one of the most intense multi-sensory experiences I had in college and it was sort of meaningless in any sort of intellectual way, but it just it had a huge effect on me somehow. And so I you know, so we can unpack just, that if you'd like. It it does seem like you like things stuffed inside things you like calzones you like burritos there we the go bagel as a vessel i mean you must have been a big hot pockets fan as a I was. college kid you must have loved the hot pocket you know what i did with i i used to eat hot pockets with a fork and knife and it's and i it was belatedly oh, did i realize yeah belatedly gourmet is one word to describe what that is you know what was big to me in college i'm sorry to say is the burger king rodeo burger are you familiar with this? Is, is I this think... the one with onion rings? Yes, this is the okay, one with yeah, onion okay. rings and barbecue sauce. You know, it's it... funny you say this. So so Burger King was big to me in high school. Okay. My Burger King story is uh, I was a track and cross country scrawny high wow. school kid. Yeah. And I I just I could just down like six thousand calories a day. Yes. Like I could just I could just go to town. That's I was just school. my furnace was burning with all the running I was doing, fifty uh-huh. miles a week and whatever. Ooh. And so on the way home, pre dinner, I would swing by Burger King <laughs> and get the dollar Whopper. Ooh, and I would just, just I like... would just like pound a Whopper before I got home for dinner. Like it was nothing. Wow. Yeah, those were the days, weren't they? I it's I remember the rodeo burger. They introduced it in like the commercial. My buddy Jeff loved the commercial, the TV commercial for the rodeo burger, because it was set up as a uh, a parody of a few good men. And like I don't remember anything else about it, but it, it <laughs> climaxes with someone saying, You can't handle the rodeo burger. And just every time and I you're would like, eat, Yes, I can. Yeah, I could. As a matter of fact, I could handle two of them. And like every time, every time this comes up to this day, he yells, "You can't handle the rodeo burger." But that just, wasn't as memorable as the Backstreet Boys singing, "I want it that way" for Burger King <laughs> to bring it full circle to '90s music. Did that happen? I have that, no. Oh, that happened. That. that happened. The Backstreet Boys were doing Burger King. Oh yeah! Wow, that was I, a thing. I guess. I guess that makes sense. I had never, I had envisioned them more as a Wendy's band, and I have no basis for saying that. I'm just going to say it. This is why I was scared to come on your podcast because I didn't want to just we're, talk we're about okay. fast we're doing, food. We're, cetera, we're doing but, fine. Okay. We're doing fine. Now, 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 each episode of your podcast, you do a deep dive on a specific 90s song. And I'm curious, yes. how big a role did nostalgia play in the songs that you selected? A pretty huge role. I try and it, Ideally, the show is a mixture of nostalgia and sort of a critical analysis and just how these songs hold up and how they're thought of now, you know, 30, 25, whatever years on. And so ideally, I'm looking for a mixture. You know, the way it was framed at the beginning was, uh, you know, The Ringer obviously has the rewatchables, you know, where they talk about old movies and and that's sort of a nostalgia drive, nostalgia driven thing. Then there's Song Exploder, you know, which sort of takes apart a song and and talks to the artist about it, just how the song is put together. And then there's Pop Up Video, the VH1 pop up video, which is just sort of more frivolous sort of delightful facts you know about that song and about that time and so ideally it's a mixture of these things it's a mixture of of something a little intellectual with something a little like comfort food is a great way 
to describe it. And so sometimes I'm talking about a song and I'm talking almost exclusively about, you know, 18, 19, 20, you know, 15 year old Rob's specific reaction to that song. Sometimes it's a song that I wasn't as familiar with or didn't know at all, frankly, when I was a teenager. And so now I'm looking at it as, you know, a 42 year old rock critic, you know, it's a mixture of these things, but I, you know, I, you, 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 nostalgia, I don't think, Nostalgia is inherently um, a bad thing or like I don't think nostalgia is necessarily cheap. I think there there is something to be said, something profound to be said about just living through that time and being a, a high schooler and being a college kid, you know, like you're so many of my memories at least are tied to music, you know, and the very profound oh, things absolutely. that happened to me and the very mundane things that happened to me that now still register to me as profound. Like the way you do it with food, you know, I do it with food to a certain extent, but music is always the way that I've seen the world and experienced the world. And so that's how I access these memories in that time in oh, my it's life. It's your now. senses, right? It's your yeah. senses. It's, you know, food is, is, is tapping into your sense of taste and, and music is tapping yeah. into your sense of, of hearing. And, you know, I think nostalgia has even amped itself up in the last year with COVID because right. so many of us have been like kind of stuck in our homes. We're like, we're, we're yearning for a, a previous time, a yeah. better time. Absolutely. Now, I want to, I want to play a game with you. Please. It's a game we play every now and then on the show called Tell Me I'm Right, Tell Me I'm Wrong, where I throw a hot take at you because it is hot takes on a plate. And you just tell yes. me if I'm right or wrong and why. Wow. So, so I want to start with some um, some music lyrics uh, from the 90s that have to okay. do with food. Is this factual, factually right or factually wrong or is this opinion right? Or this is all wrong? opinion. Okay. It's all hot right. takes. It's gas baggery. Well, yes. Oh, I love gas baggery. Please. So, let's go. Let's so all right. So, so the first one. Due to its blatant racism, LFO singing Chinese food makes me sick in Summer Girls is the worst food reference in a 90s song, full stop. I'm not even going to let you answer that one. It is the worst. You can't get worse than that. So let's move on to the second worst food reference in a 90s song. Oh, boy. It comes from P. Diddy. And wow. it's all about the Benjamins. Mm. Yeah, live in the rug. Yeah, live in the raw deal, three-course meal, spaghetti, fettuccine, and veal. I'm sorry. <laughs> But that if is. you're talking about three-course meals, spaghetti, fettuccine, and veal makes no sense. Have you ever had a three-course meal that involved two pasta courses? Maybe, maybe the Olive right. Garden has done something like this once. I don't know. But if you're if you're if you're a baller, shot caller, and you're doing uh -huh. a three-course meal, as stated, yes. you are not doing spaghetti, then fettuccine than veal that is not happening come on p diddy right. tell me i'm right tell me i'm wrong that that is the second worst food reference in a 90s song you're absolutely you're right that that is a very bizarre three-course meal i have to confess to you that i wrote i believe it was fully six thousand words about lfo's summer girls i did this it was now it was two years ago i wrote a thing for the ringer about this song i talked to a dude from LFO. I talked to the producers. I talked to a bunch of critics. I thought way too hard about that song. The, the Chinese food makes me say it's, it's pretty dumb. I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I agree with you. But I'm just saying that like, I personally have thought way too hard about LFO Summer Girls. Uh, that's in a really bizarre three-course meal. Uh, the three, I my favorite, my go-to meal at the Olive Garden, which I have not been at now for three to five years, thank God, is the Turin Trio. Turin in Italy. I believe it is. Let's see. It's lasagna, chicken parmesan, and is it fettuccine alfredo? Holy shit. Is that really what it is? 
This I explains mean, a lot of it. That's what it is. Does it come with a is. side of Pepto? My God. <laughs> it comes with unlimited salad and breadsticks is what it comes with. That's This is the Olive Garden experience. So that that is a, that is a ridiculous... It's not even really a three-course meal. It's just it's a, it's a plate with those three items on it, and they sort of coalesce into one uh, thing. And so that's – but, yes, that is a ridiculous three-course meal. I had never considered that when listening to the song, and now every time I hear all about the Benjamins, that's all I'm going to think about. But now he does say living the raw deal. What does he mean by the raw deal? Is he saying this is a ridiculous three-course meal? Like, I am living the raw deal. I got a raw yeah, deal, Yeah, he got man. ripped off. Yeah. Spaghetti, fettuccine, and veal. Where's my caviar? Diddy, what the f- I, Diddy is not known or does not, I would imagine, self-identify first and foremost as a rapper. You know, he is, he is, he concedes this point, I would like to think. He is, he is a far better mogul slash producer slash visionary than he is, you know, a wordsmith. So yeah, this one, you I, are I, right. It's always made me mad. Yeah, always made I, me mad. I get that. I totally, yeah. I respect that. All right, flip side. Best food or drink reference in a 90s song. I'm going obscure with this one. Please. But it's, it might be my favorite lyric all time in a song. That's how far I'm going with this one. Wow. Fountains of Wayne. Oh, God. From 1999's please. Utopia Parkway. Fine day for a parade. The following mm. line. Clears up her head with bourbon. Because beer is so suburban. And <laughs> declasse for what it's worth. Bourbon and Suburban. That is such a fantastic. And Declasse for of what it's worth. Day oh, Classe. Fountains of Wayne is in my, it's in my, they're in my Mount Rushmore of bands. That's they fantastic. Just, I, I think lyrically they are just so, they're such good storytellers. And that right there cle- clears up her head with bourbon because beer is so suburban and Declasse <laughs> for what it's worth. Utopia Parkway is the one with prom theme on it, right? I think it is. That's it's it's like a it, deep it's got, cut. On. It's got it's got Denise and it's got yeah um, Denise, you know, Denise. Of course, Red Dragon tattoo, Lavender Alexis or Queens, but her yes. dad lives in Texas. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, Bourbon and Suburban is like the Ur Fountains of Wayne rhyme. That's the that band was put on this earth to rhyme Bourbon and Suburban. I'm very happy to hear that they did that. But do you have a better food or drink one? A food or drink reference in a '90s song. I'll give you a run runner up while Please. you're thinking okay. here, which is yes. of course Ice Cube. In today was a good day. No barking from the dog. No smog. And Mama cooked up breakfast with no hog. I mean, right, that's, that's yeah. a classic. The, that's... the imagery right there is just so good. One of my favorite. Uh, underrated 90s bands is Cake, which obviously is a food reference to start with. And I'm now, I'm trying to think. There's got such be. a unique, odd sound. That's what like, I love about them. It's a very 90s sound because Nobody... sounds like that don't get made anymore. Yes, yes. Just a band from Sacramento, you know, that, that sounds like, you know, Californian country music, but also sort of novelty 90s pop with, with, with Mike Myers from So I Married an Axe Murderer doing spoken word. <laughs> Early when I met my wife when we started dating, one of the first things she wanted me to do was watch So I Married an Axe Murderer, and we watched it. And she was like, "This isn't as good as I remember." To be honest with you, I don't. know. Yes, it I, is. Yes, I, it yeah. is. <laughs> I imagine that if we watched it again now, yes, she would swing back to it being the best movie ever made. I uh, yeah, it's oof. 
I'm going to think about it. Come back okay. to me on the All right. one. All right. Yeah. Now we'll just do an either or. Better okay. diner song. Ooh. Is it Tom's Diner, the DNA Suzanne <laughs> Vega remix that happened in the 90s? Or is it oh. Digsy's Diner from Oasis? And if you don't remember Digsy's Diner from Oasis, let me give you some of the lyrics here. Please. What a life it would be if you could come to mine for tea. I'll pick you up at half past three. We'll have lasagna. I'll treat you like a queen. I'll give you strawberries and cream. Then your friends will all go green for my lasagna. Lasagna at 3.30 is, uh, that's a very heavy <laughs> meal. That's one third of a tour in trio, you know, and it's not even, <laughs> it's not even dinner time. Uh, gotta go Tom's Diner on this one. I, uh, I, I, I remember that on the radio profoundly. I did an episode about uh, CNC Music Factory, uh, gonna make you sweat everybody dance now. And I just sort of talked about all these early sort of fluke seeming 90s hits. There was like uh, Gypsy Woman. Uh, there was uh, Enigma, Sodness. The one was like it was yes. like a German choir, you know. But but Tom's Diner was weird because like Suzanne Vega is sort of if you're sort of a criticky like New York City like beloved singer songwriter. She did Luca, I think, which was sort of a minor MTV hit. But it was it was just so entirely random. And like she wrote something for the New York Times about how like that just she woke up one day and like some dance producers somewhere had turned like her song from three to five years ago into like a dance hit. Like the, the way they used to do that, like snaps the power was like this weird thing where like these dudes in like Italy, I think just took like some random New York city rappers song, you know, and just turned it into an international hit. Like the way these things used to happen is so bizarre and so fascinating and, and so warm and comforting to us now. But yeah, Tom's diner, just the mundanity that becomes the profundity of, of Tom's <laughs> Diner is, is very, it was very exciting to me at the time. Well, before we continue, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, eBay. Find the exact shoe you're looking for on eBay, the original sneaker marketplace. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right. I'm going to give you now, Rob, my top five 90s food and beverage songs. Wow. And I want you to critique it. Okay. I put some thought into this. <laughs> All right. Number five. Yes. LL Cool J's Milky Cereal. Ooh. It's a good, that's a good number five. I mean, th those lyrics are tremendous. <laughs> I mean, the, the way he weaves, he describes women like they're cereals. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty good, right? He, he's talking about, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the baddest female of them all? It was Frosted Flakes. She loved yeah. a bowl. And although her skin was white, she had a lot of soul. I mean, that's come on. Milky cereal. Man, I gotta go back to that one. That was LL Cool J always always down for an overwrought but still very affecting, you know, <laughs> metaphor for, for his for his love prowess. And up for the yeah. rock and roll hall of fame this Admire. year. Is he that he is? That's right. It's a really it's a good he needs to be in there. I think he's a legitimate oversight this point if they've they've finally gotten around to getting rappers in as they have and so yeah let's 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 make that happen this year i also have a selfie with ll cool j one of my better selfies wow where where there. were you i was at this like event this like restaurant was doing some charity event and i think um yeah. oh, i forget who was hosting it but it was another celebrity and ll was there and i just walked right up to him and he took a picture with me and it was like and it was well, on like one nice. of my it was like like on a work phone from like 10 years ago i don't know if i still have it 
I think I'm it's probably on nice Facebook, it. but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he um, was he was just he was just like or, very nice. He was like yeah. taking pictures with everybody, but I don't think he actually said anything to anyone. I think he just did like the celebrity mumble to everyone, you know. <laughs> yes, that is a um, patented move. Yes. Number four on my list, mm-hmm. top top five '90s food and beverage songs it has to be okay. Peaches. Peaches, Presidents of the United President, States. President, I just I was just about to tell you that I've been thinking about it, and that was going to be my yeah. pick. It so has I'm to, glad right? We're aligned. Yes, it's yes. Did they ever reunite? I have to imagine they did, and I just missed it. But that was that was a very '90s construction. Cashed in on band. some touring, probably. Yes, yes. Number three, Raekwon, ice cream. Ice cream, absolutely, absolutely. I mean that that Method Man, you know, mm-hmm. chorus, French vanilla. That is butter pecan, <laughs> chocolate deluxe. I mean, come on. <clears throat> it makes you hungry, right? Am I right? Absolutely. All right. Number 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 two. She don't use jelly, the flaming lips. Ah, yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's <laughs> What other song sang about tangerines the way that one did? Yeah, no song. It's, that's it's the What what show were they on? It was Beverly Hills 90210, right? Where they were famously they played I never actually watched that show, which is I'm ashamed to admit. Yeah, that. I didn't but either. They, although I will the say, Peach Pit. They played best, the Peach Pit at Beverly Hills. And I best, me, I'm going to say, best music show of all time is the OC. The uh, right, right, the hide and seek. The uh, oh, there was, yeah, oh, I mean that I I discovered yeah. Rooney through that show. Ooh, Rooney, yeah, that's a were they were they Phantom at all Planet? 90s or were they Phantom that was, Planet? That was two thousands. Okay, I figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we won't talk about it. Number okay. one, easily number one. Can you, mm. Any guesses? Number one food and beverage song? Uh, Tori Amos, Cornflake Girl is my official guess. It's wrong, but go ahead. It, I'm actually, I actually went beverage. Oh. Mm. It's got to be gin and juice. Oh, yes. Like yes. It's like not even close. Laid back. Yes, that did, that did do a great deal Snoop. for gin and juice, that song. Sold Maybe a, the sold best Snoop of song of all time. I would Dare have I say? to say so. Yeah, yeah. Not, not I, including anything that was like a Dr. Dre song with Snoop on it. Like just a straight Snoop song. I think even if you include the Dr. Dre songs, there's a very strong argument for Gin and Juice. He's had a long storied, sort of fascinating career from you know Dre to, to Martha Stewart. You know, just a fascinating uh, progression for Snoop. But yeah, I don't. I don't think he beats Gin and Juice. I don't think you know West Coast rap, arguably gets better than gin no. and juice so that's so good. that's a that's a that's a strong still holds one. up today just for thematic uh a through line i i did think of de la soul's biddies in the bk lounge you know it's a song about arguing with uh the woman behind the counter at burger king it's sort of a battle rap wrapped <laughs> up in him attempting to order food at burger king you know that's i i always really dug dug that one all right now we're gonna honorable mention fun. We're okay. gonna we're gonna we're gonna go look into your catalog of sixty Uh-oh. songs that explain yeah. the nineties, and we're going to play a little game of if a song were a food. Oh gosh! So I will throw a song at you. You tell okay. me what food you just first thing. This is like sure, you know, sure, first yeah. thing that pops into your head, and then I'll give you kind of my take. So let's start with the Gin Blossoms. Hey, jealousy! If that oh, song was a food, what would it be? That song was a food. It would be huevos rancheros. 
That's my honest answer. You know, they were from Arizona. You know, you know we, we are Tex-Mex yeah, yes, type. Yes, we are on the same wavelength vibe. here. Okay, good. I'm so, relieved to so, hear that. So, so I'm going to try to do you one better. I was thinking something with that Southwestern vibe because uh-huh. of where they live. But I was yep. also thinking about jealousy and what makes people jealous. And mm. what makes people more jealous when you're in a restaurant dining room than a sizzling plate of fajitas? Oh, right? Like you hear it coming out. Is... You're like, wait a second. I want that. Yeah, no, yes. Man, you've really, you went over the top there, and I respect What I do, it. Rob, is, is what exactly, I do. This is, I am on your turf. I am, yes. It's not so, fair. Yes, you win. Uh, all right, next one. Wu-Tang Clan's Cream. Oh, God. Cream. Just a, just a hot dog off a cart in New York City. I think you know that you yeah. gotta scrape like together that. Like the, that. The, the money from your couch or whatever. I you know, cream is either a celebration song or it is an aspirational song. You know, it's cream for Wu Tang sort of catches them right at that fulcrum, you know, where like they haven't made it yet, but they have a pretty good idea that they're gonna be. You know, I always sort of hear that song, but they're more they're more on the way up than they are. It's at the, the streets. Top. Hot dogs point. the streets. Yes. Hot dog cart. So I like that. I, that's what I'm doing. All right. Well, I'm going. I'm go. I'm. I'm saying it has to be something quintessential New York, just like you did. Uh-huh. But I think it's also got to be creamy. Got to be rich. I'm Makes going with sense. cheesecake. Ooh, just go with go New to York juniors. cheesecake. Go to Junior's. That's a great there idea. There you go. I miss Junior's profoundly every day. I miss I'm pretty juniors. sure you can get it shipped. I'm sure I can. Yeah, it's, get on that, there and that, do that. But is that the same experience? It's you know the 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 the, the ambience, you know, being in the restaurant, yes. feeling that sense of history. You know, I I you, you gotta you gotta go. You gotta be there. You gotta live it. I've also been to the Times Square uh, Juniors, which is obviously a quite different uh, sociological experience, but you still get to eat cheesecake. So you know, it all works out. All right, next one, mm-hmm. Master P. Make him say. Uh. Uh. <laughs> One of your better episodes. Uh-huh. Well, I you got to say gumbo, don't you? That was always- Oh, my master- God. We have that- got the same answer. Fantastic. I kid you not. Yep. No, well, that's what Ma- Master P was like. It's a gumbo. You know, he was he was uh, in the Bay Area for a while, as I was. You know, I very different experiences, I imagine. <laughs> but, you know, he, he combines the New Orleans experience with the Northern California, with the Bay Area experience. So you're saying because it's like a melding- that's what he always said gumbo. because yeah, it's okay. like he see, he, he, see my, a lot my of too short, a lot of different. Tupac. Okay, go ahead. My take on gumbo is that it's got to be food that makes you say uh. <laughs> but the question is, what yeah. is the uh? Is it a moan of pleasure or heartburn? And I say mm, both. Both. So with a nod to New Orleans, gumbo. spicy gumbo. Or you can eat beignets and like the powdered sugar can sort of get up in your nostrils, like, <laughs> oh, like just a, just a momentary. Or like tear, like not you wouldn't eat tiramisu to this song, but the same no. principle with the with but the. Yes. Uh, I forget what's on top of the tiramisu. Or it could be the uh, the, the yeah. three course uh, Turin, uh, you know, Olive Garden Turin Trio. Turin the Turin Trio. trio. After Lasagna, that, you might you might, you might be saying uh, about thirty to forty five minutes Parmesan. later. Yeah, no, trust me. A different I, kind it, of, that, uh. it did not take forty five minutes. It took <laughs> it took twenty max. Yes. We're in the HOV lane, everybody. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> On that note, uh, let's do Metallica's Enter Sandman. Ooh. Ah, mm, okay. Okay. All right. 
Uh, what is the quintessential metal food? You know, there's a food truck in here in Columbus, Ohio, that blasts heavy metal as it serves you late night pizza. There's like it's like a metal pizza construction, and so yeah, just 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 a greasy uh, a piece of of pepperoni pizza, preferably like between two and three a.m. You know, okay. it's a post, it. you know, post show, you know, every time I leave a concert, you know, a rock concert, there's like a, a Euro cart outside oh, and I okay. have never done that, but I've always wanted to, I, I threaten to do it every single time. And so I think that could be a really excellent a good one vibe as well. Those. Yeah. But I, back, I go to my, to my food carts, uh, uh, collegiate comfort food, uh, things stuffed into other things, uh, zone i think i would go thanksgiving turkey because it's enter sandman they're trying to put you to sleep nothing puts you to yeah, sleep quite like the tryptophan right. sure. maybe a turkey leg just to right. make it a little bit more metal a big yeah, old yeah, turkey that is, leg that is extremely metal historically is the the, the caveman yeah yeah all right no, last I, one I last one for this this round all right cnc music factory is gonna <laughs> make you sweat you could go so many directions with gonna make you sweat yeah but I'm saying Steakums because I was, what was I? What was I? I was 11, 10, 11, 12 at this time. Well, did not uh, see Steakums coming. And uh, Steakums, you're familiar with Steakums, I hope. But yeah, that's, I ate a lot Maybe of Steakums. Maybe the meat sweats? Yeah. And that's <laughs> in, the jun- in junior high, I ate my fair share of uh, pizza rolls and Steakums. And uh, those are my strong associations from that time, you know, with a, with a with a cooling slice of of Dairy Queen uh, ice cream cake thrown in there every so often, just for variety, you know, just for a different sort of tonal. Wow, I went very sensation. different direction here. I imagine see, that. See, you I did. went I went image conscious because okay. you know they were very about the image. I mean, they they basically <clears throat> hid their singer, right? And yeah, so it's... I'm thinking about sweating at a gym. I'm thinking a wheatgrass shot. Whoa! Yes, that is that is yes, it, it is it is a workout jam. It's a jock jam, of course, and so you could do like the the stadium nachos. You know, just that that very very orange with jalapenos on with it. The jalapenos on it. Yes, they do in fact make you sweat. So there we go. There we go. All right. So I'm sure it. you get this a lot. I'm sure you get a lot of people telling you what needs to go on the show because you yeah. only got 60 songs. <clears throat> it's stressful. And it's hard. I, I got two artists I need to see and you have to okay. promise me they're going to be on it. And I, I don't think I'm asking for much here, Rob. <sighs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not the, these artists, I'm not going obscure. You know, as much as I'd love to see Fountains of Wayne, I get it. They're not yeah, going to make the 60. Yeah. But all right. So the first one, and I, I, I feel confident this artist will be on there. The question is mm-hmm. which song? You got to have Oasis on there. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's 100% happening. It's got to be. And I think it's got to be, if I don't mind saying, and, and, and I know how much I'm sure you love me editorializing about your podcast because all, would, all love people it. love it. They love it when people <laughs> chime in. It's got to be Wonderwall, of course. I don't think there's any other option. I, no. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Somebody pointed out to me, I've done 20 of these things now, and I have not yet done a UK artist at all i have not done a not american artist in fact and that is not by design but there is there is a great deal you know like that i not all of these are going to happen of course but you got oasis you got blur you got pulp yeah you know then you got like the chemical brothers you got the prodigy you know you Mm -hmm. got you got all that sort of thing going on you got massive attack you got portishead it's like i gotta get into all that but it's i 
There are not a lot of artists, not a lot of songs that I would sit here and say, yes, definitely that is going to happen. I am leaving myself all the outs I can, but Wonderwall is a definite. And especially, I didn't realize, but I saw it was probably about You're a year welcome. ago. It is, thank you. It is the most listened to, I think, 90s song. Like it, like on Spotify, it has like a billion streams or something like that. Like it's like the the song that's like, like currently right. is like the most listened to. Like it, it which I was like, really? That makes sense to me. There was something along those lines about November Rain, about Guns N' Roses' November Rain, and I want to say that it was it's the most popular YouTube video of a 90s song. I think it, there's something along those lines, but I absolutely believe that that applies to, to Wonderwall on Spotify. That is probably true. And so, yes, Wonderwall is absolutely happening. And the other one that I need... I need. I need in my life. Okay. We need we need Outcast. Yes. No, of course. Yes. Outcast has to happen. The song is a tricky one though because we're talking 90s, right? So Stankonia is out of the mix, right? That's correct. And of course, Speaker which was their which yes, was their yeah. magnum opus in my opinion, like I think to... that's I think that's fair to say. Yes. So if we it, could if like, we could do Bombs Over Bad Dad or or, uh, or Miss Jackson. Uh, Jackson, yes, that would probably that one of those would probably happen. Outcast for sure. I don't think we've exactly settled on a song yet. You know, if 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 you if I had to say right now, I'd say Rosa Parks is obviously a very good prospect. But you see, you and do that, such good storytelling. It's not always the biggest hit that you do. Sometimes no, it's the song true. that kind of weaves in. Like, you know, you could do Play as Ball because that was, I mean, they were teenagers when that came out. Right, yeah. Like, they were yeah. so young. And it was such, I remember, because I was a huge Yo! MTV Raps fan. And I remember, yeah. like, that song just, dominated like uh -huh. in a way like so it's like you know maybe not top 40 dominated but like in that world that song was like a thunderous like it just it just landed so big because there was nothing like that at the time right yeah like elevators you know atlians you know it, it's that it's, it's, there's a lot of possibilities and and with an artist like outcast for sure you know, I will settle obviously on a song that's sort of like the headline, the marquee song, but I will also end up talking about 10 to 15 other outcast songs, each of which could have sustained, you know, their own episode. Like there are, there are, are episodes where, you know, like CNC Music Factory, I mentioned a few other songs, but it's, it's more about that song for that artist. And then there are artists like outcast where like the catalog is so rich you know, that you're doing more of a career overview than you're doing like a, a laser focused thing on one no, absolutely. song specifically. Absolutely. So, so, so this, the podcast is a Spotify original, so you can only get it on Spotify, correct? That's correct. Yes. And it's 60 songs that explain the nineties. You mm -hmm. should definitely check it out. It drops every, is it Wednesdays or Thursdays? It started out as Thursdays, but now it's Wednesdays, except this week we did it on Thursday. So generally it's Wednesday. It's, it's midweek. It's like this podcast. This podcast comes out yeah. on Wednesday. So so listen to okay. both, download both. Um I this we're recording this on a Friday. It's what yeah. we call in the business evergreen. So um <laughs> so it so by the time this airs, maybe Oasis or Outcast will have already been bumped in your eardrums. So I don't know why I that's just correct. said bumped in your eardrums. I'm sorry, that's Rob, I did that to you. No, that's um, all right. But listen, Rob, thank you so much for joining joining me. Again, 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. Go check it out. And if you want to check out Hot Takes on a Plate, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go back and listen to the documentary series that I just put out, 86th, How a Global Pandemic 
Rocked the World's Culinary Capital. Chapter one is out about Ground Zero. Make sure to check that out. You can follow me on social media at Rob Patron TV on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at BLEAV.com. Until next time, I'm Rob Patron. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.